0: Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Katie Lambert. And I'm Sarah Dowdy. So, Katie, I've always really liked pirates. In high school, my friends and I used to have kind of good pirate jokes. I don't go to... (laughs) conventions or anything like (laughs) that. No, no, no. I actually haven't even been a pirate for Halloween, but... I have. Really? (laughs) I, I do like them a lot, and of course one of my favorites is Blackbeard. Well,
1: I've got you covered, because the one Halloween I was a pirate, and then this past Halloween I was Abraham Lincoln, and wore a big black beard, but
0: mine did not have candle wicks in it, unlike Blackbeard. Blackbeard was one of the most feared pirates in history, and... It's no wonder with the smoking fuses and the sashes full of pistols and cutlasses. Six pistols across the chest. He definitely mastered the art of intimidation.
1: And he did a lot to keep that reputation up. He wanted people fearing him, although we don't have any evidence that he ever killed anyone who wasn't trying to kill him. But when you're a fearsome pirate, that's not exactly the kind of rumor you want to spread around. No, so.
0: the intimidation kind of saves you a lot of work. He... You just fire a few warning shots, and the ship gets handed over to you. You don't have to go through the trouble of actually fighting and swashbuckling. So every story that spreads
1: around, like
0: Blackbeard slicing off a
1: passenger's finger when he wouldn't give him his ring, that all builds up to the great Blackbeard legend.
0: But of course, Blackbeard wasn't always a pirate, and he obviously had another name. He was born probably in Bristol, England, although that's debated, around 1690, as Edward Teach. Or possibly Edward Thatch. No one's quite sure. Which will be a theme in Blackbeard's life. Somebody who's so surrounded in legend, there's going to be a lot of conflicting information about him. So Teach enlisted as a privateer for the British in the War of Spanish Succession, which went from 1701 to 1713. Privateers were right on the cusp of legal. The British government obviously wanted to have as big of a navy as possible, but they could enhance it a little bit with privateers, which were allowed to sack French and Spanish ships and take a share of the booty for themselves, which would help you develop your pirating skills. But, of course, the war comes to an end eventually, and privateers are no longer allowed to go around sacking French and Spanish ships. And there are a lot of people out of work, and some of them end up turning to piracy. And the golden age of piracy was the
1: late 17th to the early 18th centuries. And as far as America goes, there have been a bunch of laws passed by the British Parliament which had made smuggling Something that was a bit more desirable because British imports were so expensive. British taxes. Right. You could buy things so much cheaper from a pirate than you could from them. So they would attack merchant ships carrying grain, molasses, rum, rope, tools, ammunition, pretty much everything, and go ahead and sell it to the colonists. And because North Carolina's outer banks have shallow sounds and inlets, it was a pirate's favorite hideout place which is where Blackbeard established his home base. But that wasn't until 1718, and before that, he had to get in some more pirate
0: training. He did, and he did that with Captain Benjamin Hornigold in the Caribbean. So in Blackbeard's sort of apprenticeship almost with Hornigold, they depart together and plunder a bunch of Spanish and British ships of their cocoa and cordwood, sugar, rum, molasses, all of these useful things. It's not so much the gold treasure and jewels we think of. No, which of course is what you think of when you think of Blackbeard buried
1: treasure but you might just be finding rum and sugar instead.
0: Yeah, and uh, during this time, Teach gets his first captaincy of a small sloop and then the big guns come out when Hornigold's fleet attacks a French slave ship called the Concorde that was bound for Martinique. And Teach makes this his flagship and renames it Queen Anne's Revenge.
1: And it only had 14 guns to start with, so he added a bunch to make it up to 40, because, you know, you need your guns when you're a pirate. It's more than 80 feet long, there are three masts, and he also installs a cannon.
0: And Teach probably took this ship with his classic intimidation methods, rather than a bloody fight. It's likely he just fired some warning shots and hoisted up the pirate flag and... You know, the guys surrender. They don't want any trouble with Blackbeard. But the captain of the Concorde also reported when he got back to France that Teach gave him a sloop to finish transporting his cargo of slaves, which I was surprised to hear that. I always imagined pirates making you walk the plank. Right. and But that sounded very gentlemanly, we thought.
1: And Hornigold couldn't be Blackbeard's teacher forever because after the war, the British government wanted to get rid of all their pirates. So they got an officer named Woods Rogers and hired him as the governor of the Bahamas and told him he'd better get rid of the pirates. So he said he would grant pardons to pirates who agreed to walk the straight and narrow. And Hornigold is one of the ones who agreed. And he became a pirate hunter.
0: But that's okay with Blackbeard by now because he's really struck off on his own and starts patrolling the Virginia and Carolina coasts for his reign of terror from
1: 1716 to 1718. So we've already mentioned that the Outer Banks is a fantastic place for pirates just because of how it's designed, but it was also a great place for Blackbeard himself because he met a lovely corrupt politician by the name of Charles Eden there who would allow him clemency in exchange for very generous
0: bribes. So in addition to the excellent geography of North Carolina and the corrupt governor, um, he's, Blackbeard actually ends up being kind of a folk hero. The people of North Carolina, they're not the wealthy rice growers or tobacco growers like South Carolina or Virginia. So they're more okay with this deal where they get essentially duty-free goods from Blackbeard in exchange for sort of letting him letting him hang in the Outer Banks. And he, the folk hero stuff also comes from Blackbeard's challenge to the oppressive authority. He's lauded for sticking a hot poker into the eye of a British official, which sounds pretty awful.
1: But I feel like that's a running theme in all the stuff that we've done about gangsters and outlaws in any way. And part of it is public opinion of them being... The hero, who's the only one who's willing to go up against corrupt authority.
0: But it also seems that that opinion always turns <laughs> at some point. The the outlaw does something which just pushes the reputation
1: over the edge. And for Blackbeard, this is in May 1718 in Charleston.
0: So with four vessels and as many as 400 pirates, Blackbeard captures eight or nine ships coming into and out of Charleston over about a week. And he holds the crews of the ships hostage along with their passengers. And passengers, their kids on board, women on board. And um, Blackbeard demands a chest of medicine in exchange for the lives of his passengers. But Charleston takes a while to pony up. Yes, and in the
1: meantime, the pirates have decided they're not going to get it. And they've set all the citizens up to be hanged. Like preparations are underway, they're about to die, and Charleston eventually comes up with the ransom and gets their people back, but not before the pirates have taken all of their
0: clothing and jewelry. Yeah, they return to shore almost naked, as the outraged uh, description is sent back to England. But all this goes down pretty quickly, and within a week of the Charleston hostage situation, the Queen Anne's Revenge is grounded on a sandbar. Near the entrance to present-day Beaufort Inlet, and it's likely that Blackbeard beached this on purpose. He knew how to sail a ship and how to scurry around through the outer banks, so it's unlikely that he would accidentally ground his ship. Um, and it's possible he was considering some kind of retirement, or at least uh, at least trying to disman this group of 400 pirates and break them up a little bit. Some people say he marooned a bunch of
1: pirates on one of the sandbars when he left and then took provisions from one of the other ships and got out of there. In addition to the blockade at Charleston, Blackbeard by this point had captured something like 50 ships, and he was also charging tolls for other people's ships to make it through Pamlico Sound. So things were beginning to come to a head, and while North Carolina and Charles Eden were Pretty okay with the pirates. Making money off the whole situation. Right. The rich Virginia planters and South Carolina planters were not. And they appealed to the governor of Virginia, Alexander Spotswood, to do something about it.
0: And he engages Lieutenant Robert Maynard of the Royal Navy to hunt down Blackbeard. And it's not as hard as it sounds to find Blackbeard. He, he's, <laughs> you know, you'd think it would be difficult to find a pirate, right? Not if he's
1: throwing the biggest pirate party known to man on Ocracoke Island, which I would kind of like to be invited to.
0: I don't know. (laughs) It might sound more
1: fun than it really was. Drinking, womanizing, and pirates from all over the world were
0: invited to come, and come they did, and made a complete spectacle out of themselves. So during this drunken pirate shindig, Maynard shows up with his sloops intending to... Kill or capture Blackbeard. And the pirates are aware that Maynard is there, but they're trapped between this island and a sandbar. So they prepare themselves over the night. And while accounts say Blackbeard was very calm, his pirates were starting to get worried. Yeah, they were freaking out a little bit.
1: He kept drinking. Everyone else went out and put sand on the decks in case there was blood and soaked blankets and water in case there were fires and began preparations for
0: battle. And Teach only has 20 men, too, while Maynard has about 60. But Teach's main advantage here is mounted weapons on his sloop, which is called the Adventure. So in the morning... Everyone's kind of expecting Teach to try to make a getaway. Instead, he waits, and Maynard's men start to approach. And then at the last minute, Teach just shoots off to a little winding channel. That's, Which no one else saw. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right by a sandbar. And Maynard's men all get stuck. But Maynard's pretty good captain, and he tells everybody to start throwing extra supplies overboard. And so they lighten right. the ships enough that they're able to sail free. And Maynard recounts that teach, drank damnation to me and my men whom he styled cowardly puppies. (laughs) An insult I enjoy. Is that going to be your new insult? It is. Calling someone a cowardly puppy. Actually, (laughs)
1: beware. And at this point, Blackbeard's crew is bombarding Maynard's ship with iron scraps and nails from the guns, basically everything they've got. And so Maynard and his men go and hide below deck, all tricky-like.
0: And because the ship is so quiet after this bombardment, there are even grenades involved, Teach thinks that they're dead. And the pirates board the ship, Blackbeard included, and all of a sudden, Maynard's men rush out. They're alive. (laughs) Surprise. The gotcha moment. (laughs) And Teach and Maynard go to a face-to-face battle that actually gets written about in the London papers. And it's really... It, it looks like it should be in an action movie. It, Maynard's sword. I'm sure it is, will be. <laughs> yeah, I'm, if it hasn't already, Maynard's sword is bent. He shoots Blackbeard. Um Blackbeard survives after being shot, and obviously guns are—they uh they put a big hole in you at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of Maynard's men jumps in, kind of at the last minute of this brutal fight between these two men and slashes blackbeard's neck and um i don't know how he did this with a with a bloody slash neck but blackbeard apparently says well done lad
1: that may be apocryphal, but it's still a good detail. (laughs) But when he died, he'd been shot multiple times and stabbed multiple times and kept fighting until the very, very end. And
0: Maynard's man actually cuts off Blackbeard's head, which is strung up on the ship as a warning to other pirates. And Maynard searched and searched for
1: Blackbeard's treasure, as people have been doing for years, but all he found were supplies and letters. And during the fight, eight of the other pirates were killed. Some cried for mercy, and some were arrested, and they were brought to trial, and all but two were hanged. So the pirates didn't get off so easily either. And this was pretty much the end of piracy, or at least the golden age of piracy. That was November 22nd,
0: 1718, when Blackbeard was killed. So in addition to the legend about the treasure, there's another pretty amazing one about Blackbeard's skull. So his head is hung up on the ship, but what happens to the skull? Maybe it went to the University of Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) There's a legend that says the skull was dipped in silver and kept by the university where fraternity members were once required to drink from it upon their initiation. I have a great-grandfather who went to the University of Virginia, and now I'm starting to wonder, (laughs) was he in a
1: fraternity? I don't know. As a former member of the Greek system, I salute you, UVA, for a, (laughs) a great rumor. You can actually go visit Blackbeard Island. It was acquired by the Navy Department, and then in 1924 was made a preserve and breeding ground for wildlife and birds. You can only go there by boat, which I feel is fitting.
0: Quaint now, isn't it? It is. (laughs) So if you'd like to learn more about piracy from Blackbeard's time to today, check out How Pirates Work at HowStuffWorks.com.
1: And if you have any suggestions you'd love to send us, email us at HistoryPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the Stuff You Missed in History Class blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.